Hey there, e-commerce enthusiasts. Let me tell you about a game changer in shipping, ShipStation. It's the ultimate platform for simplifying your shipping process. With ShipStation, you can easily import, manage, and ship your orders in no time. It integrates seamlessly with your favorite e-commerce platforms and carriers, ensuring a smooth workflow. Gain valuable insights with their powerful analytics and reporting tools. Say goodbye to shipping headaches. Visit foxcitiesmm.com slash ship and level up your shipping game today. You're listening to Fox City's Murder and Mayhem, your bi-weekly dose of true crime history in a small rural community of Wisconsin. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Fox City's Murder and Mayhem. I'm Eric. I'm Gavin. And Gavin, we're back again. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be the final Fox Cities Murder and Mayhem for 2022. Yes, the last uh, regular Fox Cities Murder and Mayhem. There's still more stories to tell, and we'll sprinkle them in here and there. But our last regularly scheduled old episode. episode, yes. Yeah. And we're going to start out this episode by uh, by saying that uh, that I lied last time, and uh, <laughs> and I didn't, didn't I didn't do it on purpose. I didn't do it on purpose. But so people at home, it's been two weeks. But for us, we actually were recording yesterday. And um, and I said the next story was going to have three people who died. And that's not true because I because I backburnered that. That story, we'll still do that story eventually. Are we getting the Christmas story? No, we're not no, going to get the Christmas story no. either. Okay. I backburnered it for the soap story. And and. I put this together. I started putting this together last night. Ooh. So this is like late last night. All normal people were asleep. And I and I put this together. Uh, and originally when I started putting it together, I was like, oh, this is going to be a really good one. And then it got to be so good. I was like, bump that other story. Sorry, we well, got we'll to do that other one the... later. <laughs> this is a better story. So we're gonna We're going to wrap up this podcast. Let's give it a good ending, at least for now. You know, a, a, it's not even, we shouldn't say ending, you know, but a good a good farewell for now. All right. So just an average, oh, somebody died. No, let's make it, let's make it memorable. So I'm sitting here thinking, how are we going to make a soap story this memorable? Is a, this is a soap story. Now, granted, it's no, it's no frozen head. It's no UFOs. It's not that, but it's, but here we go. This is the story of Jarvis Rogers Loper. Okay. Three uh, great names. Yes. I'm going to call him either Jarvis or Loper. I like the name Jarvis, though, so I'll probably just call him Jarvis a lot. Go with Jarvis. Yeah. Uh, He's born in New York in February 1835. So we're going back. Going back some years. 1835. Uh, He's raised a Presbyterian. His father, Isaac, was a candle maker. So... Think about it. This is the time frame we're dealing with. <laughs> this guy's job is to make candles, which is today not really a job, but back then very important. Important, yeah. He spent his childhood and his young adulthood uh, in Saratoga Springs, New York, which I don't really know where that is. Maybe you do. No. Uh, then around 1862, they moved to Oshkosh. Seems like an odd move, but cool. Yeah, don't know what the motivation was, but then there's moved. no story behind that, huh? We don't not that to... not that I know. Okay, I don't know why you would move to Oshkosh, but <laughs> but you know, Oshkosh, 1860s would be a, a young town. 
Maybe it was a business opportunity. They needed someone to make their candles. I don't know. They come to Oshkosh, and of course, that is what they do. They open a factory to make candles and soap. Uh, it's built at the corner of Market and Marion Streets, which uh, I'm not super familiar with Oshkosh, but apparently this is somewhere near the Fox River in Oshkosh. Okay. The soap was made in a large vat on a platform 16 feet from the ground. The process generally started with boiling lye and then slowly mixing in other ingredients. Lye, if people don't know, uh, is a corrosive alkaline, and it's incredibly dangerous. I mean, you don't, if you ever touched raw lye, it could burn your skin terribly bad. And not only that, they're boiling it. So, Is, is somebody going to end up getting thrown in this vat by the end of this episode? I don't know. <laughs> so Isaac is in this business, and then his son Jarvis also joins the business. And Jarvis is the guy we really care about here. Starting off... He's just kind of the apprentice. Him and his wife, Julia, they're not making a lot of money. They're boarding with other families. But then it starts picking up. He gets to move to his own house. He's doing very well. He lives in what the newspaper describes as an elegant house. Ooh. At the corner of Church and Division in Oshkosh. Which, again, not super familiar with Oshkosh, but uh, it's an elegant house. But if it's elegant, you got to like it, right? Yes. July 11th, 1883. So we're jumping ahead some years here. Now he's in his 40s. All the other employees have gone home for the day. But Jarvis stayed on. He wanted to personally finish the final batch of soap in his soap factory. The lye was already boiling. He climbed up to the second floor to stir in a barrel of resin. One of the ingredients you mix in (laughs) to turn lye into soap. But he apparently lost his balance. Jarvis and the barrel fell into the vat. Ooh. Yes. Jarvis's assistant, a man named John Bingham, had left. Jarvis was there alone. But he stopped back at the factory a little bit later to bring a late-night dinner to Jarvis. Jarvis's coat was still on the hook, but he was nowhere to be found. John Bingham had the dinner, and he said, I see the coat. I know he's He's here. here. (laughs) He became concerned that the worst had happened, and he looked in the vat. He took a long pole, ran it down into the boiling soap, and felt something at the bottom of the vat. He then ran to Jarvis's house and found, yep, he's he's not at home. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. Holy crap. He got another man to join him. They went back to the factory. They saw, sounded the alarm, and then others started arriving at the factory. This was an emergency. A long pole with a hook on it was procured, and the body was hooked up and brought to the surface of the soap. The steam had gone down, and the boiling had ceased. And I'm reading, basically I'm reading this word for word out of the newspaper at this point. Leaving the soap eight feet deep in the vat. When the body was brought to the surface, it was seen that most of the flesh had been eaten off, and great care had to be taken to prevent the bones from falling apart. Oh my god. The trunk was got out and laid upon a board, and here when the trunk is like the torso of the body. Okay. Had got out and laid upon a board and carried to the yard below. The sight of the remains was sickening in the extreme. The flesh had been boiled and eaten off the arms, legs, and head, and just enough remained about the loins to hold the pelvis and adjacent bones together. 
This was in the newspaper? Yeah. I read this word for word. <laughs> wow. The bones of the arms and legs were partially unjointed, and one wrist was entirely unjointed, and the shriveled hand been drawn down by the ligaments and stuck to the elbow. The bones of the forearm and legs below the knee were as white and clean as bones could possibly be. The feet were shriveled up and eaten away so that mere stubs remained. Part of the bowels had broken through the soft parts as the remains were taken out of the vat. The clothes he had on were almost entirely eaten away, a few threads embedded in the little remaining flesh about the chest, being the only evidence that any clothing existed. Of course, the remains were wholly unrecognizable, and other evidence had to be looked for to make a proper identification. They called in Dr. Decker, the local dentist, and he positively identified a tooth that had a filling. Side note here, this is not me quoting the newspaper. This is the 1880s. Okay. At this time, there were no x-rays. There was no laughing gas. I just want to point out, he had a f- if, if you went in for a filling at this point in time, that was probably not a great time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I mean, I don't know anything about dentistry, but my guess is... That would hurt. That would hurt. <laughs> that would hurt. There's no x-ray to find it, so you have to probably prod around a little bit, and then you're not getting any anesthetic. So, <laughs> so this guy must have had a really bad toothache if he's going in. What I also find interesting about that story is that he could identify yes us in a, a filling yes. like a filling was enough for him to know oh yeah that's yeah. that's uh that looks like my work it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I know it's it's pretty weird right okay in the meantime a metallic casket had been ordered from the undertaker and the remains were placed in it and sealed up tightly they removed it to the residence of the family at the corner of Blah, blah, blah. So they got him out of there, right? And that's that's good, right? It's, yeah. We're doing, we're doing good. Okay. Loper had an insurance on his life for $13,000 through the Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, which actually... Again, Pretty significant, I probably, yeah, for I didn't back do then. The, I didn't do the math on that one, but, uh, but 1880s, 13000 Yeah, that's pretty, pretty good, good. Yeah. Growing out of some transactions about this insurance arose the rumor that... Jarvis had made out his will just this, just that afternoon. Hmm. hmm. This is not true. There was a simple explanation for all of this. Some premiums on his insurance just happened to be due at this time, and he paid to have his insurance renewed at the time of the premium. Just a coincidence. There was nothing strange in the insurance or the will. Totally normal. <laughs> this is again. This I I don't know what the details. This is how the papers like telling the story here. Okay. The only recent change in the will is he changed some payments from his first wife to his second wife. And there's nothing unusual about this, because his first wife is very dead. <laughs> so the changes are not weird. The will being made out to his second wife, not evidence that there's any foul play, perfectly normal that your will would be made out to your wife. So the suspicions of people seeing him going in and adjusting his will and insurance, nothing weird going on, perfectly normal. He was a very highly esteemed man. Many people turned out to the funeral. Uh, he's buried in Riverside Cemetery in Ashka. Uh, there is one other piece of the story, <laughs> and that's what are we going to do with the soap? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna ask. So, that, did they just make the soap, or 
Here's the thing. Here's the thing. This was a, a great debate. <laughs> they had the funeral. They buried him. They went back to the vat, and the vat was still had the soap in it. And they said, what do we do with the soap? <laughs> and the debate was this. We could either take it out, cut it up into the bars of soap, and sell it, or we can get rid of it. And they said, okay, here's the thing. If he had fallen into the vat, but we got him out in, in a quick enough point of time, even if he died, but we got him out quick enough, we could probably sell this soap. That'd be okay. Okay. They're like, but he was in there a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, the soap's all full of, like, blood and guts <laughs> and stuff. So, we probably shouldn't sell this soap. This is so bad. So instead, no, no. Is this taken directly from the news article as well? I'm, I'm saying it in my own words, but, but this is that they really had this discussion. They really did debate whether or not they could sell the soap. They decided, of course, that you know they couldn't because somebody wouldn't want a bar of soap that had blood and stuff in it. So they heated it back up to a boiling point, and they were able to bring it outside. They dug a ditch alongside Marion Road or Marion Street, whatever it is. And they dumped the soap in there and put dirt back over the top of it. So, so you could theoretically go dig this soap up if you wanted. Yeah, I mean, there was. I by uh, now it's probably long. Gone. Yeah, I don't know what the shelf life of soap is, but but, but in in the eighteen eighties, there was an eight foot deep vat of liquid soap dumped outside <laughs> in a ditch. So my guess is at some point in time, utilities came through. We're putting in some wires, and we're like, why the hell, the hell is there all this soap <laughs> um, Yeah. So I'm so, I'm actually I'm still kind of working on this story. I want to add a little bit more about his life before um, the event. You know, actually make him more of a, a full-fledged, no pun intended, uh, person. But... But yeah, like as soon as as soon as I was coming across this, I was like, we were, is, we're bumping this story up. <laughs> this is gold. This is gold because it's it's one thing it's one thing to fall into a vat of soap and die that way. That's already a good story. <laughs> like that's not a great way to go. But um, then, the, uh, but then you have the way the newspaper felt the need yes. to describe it. And that this that is my first question for you. Seen as you've probably read a number of articles from this era, yeah. I mean, have you ever read an article that is written like in that much graphic detail about an event like this? This is kind of an extreme case. This is not unusual. They do. They were just by nature more graphic about yeah. news articles back then. Like, this is this is very normal, and at least up through the nineteen tens, probably later, this was pretty normal. Uh, so, as an example. I, so I do a cemetery walk uh, in Kakana, and there's the story of a of a child uh, who's I believe five years old, and he gets hit by a trolley car, and the trolley car hits him first of all, but then the trolley car can't put on its brakes fast enough, so it continues to run him over. Oh my god! And the the trolley wheels or whatever cut him up, like his legs cut off, his head smashed in, whatever. And the newspaper is not shy about this. It doesn't go into quite the detail they went into here, but still the same thing where they're like, the the arm was sliced in two and the head that was found 15 feet away. And, and they're really graphic about it. And 
Um, what I find disturbing about that is not so much the it, it's the graphic, because this is this is seriously how they did the reporting. And if somebody committed suicide, like they'd report that, and they'd say like pieces of his brain matter were found in the next room. Like you would never get away with that. (laughs) But that used to be normal. But what bothers me about it is you have this family and they got to go out there and they got to pick up their five-year-old child who is mangled. Like, I mean, he's not just dead, he's mangled. And then the next day, they have to read about in vivid detail. They pick up their newspaper and the cover story (laughs) is like five-year-old boy mangled. Like, yeah, that's really what they yeah. want to see. Well, and that's th- when, as you were reading that, that's the first thing I went to was like, God, wouldn't the family just be outraged by this article? Right. right. But, but then again, you got to look at it. That's how they wrote it back then. So you probably yeah. just didn't, it probably didn't bother you that I much. I don't know how the family felt about that sort of thing. But yeah, that's, that was normal. Like, this is, this is a little more. This the soap one is a little more extreme than usual, yeah. but it's not out of the ordinary at all. So, uh, so yeah, I I don't know how that happens. I just I specifically use the other one example because, um, I, in my mind, there's a big difference between an adult and a child. And, yeah, and to be that graphic about, about a little sh- kid is yeah. Who wants to read that? I'm surprised we haven't done an episode on that story. Or is that new to your? That's right? not. It's not new to me. But there's there's not really much of a story there, besides that. that dude. Other than well, you just did the story yeah. essentially. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want me to read it word for word, like we could do that, and it's it's worse than what I said. Um, but but other than that, there. I mean, a kid's five years old. It's not like he has a life story, right? So he's yeah, just playing in the street. That's mm-hmm. about it. Um, and yeah, so like so yeah, me, you know, a hundred plus years on, me reading it, like yeah, I mean. I'm I'm entertained in a morbid way, but I can't imagine in the time being like, yeah, some kids all ground up. Like that's awful. Yeah, and and so like as you're reading that article, I can kind of smile about it and be like, holy crap. But I think if I picked up my my newspaper and read that in right. my my newspaper day after it had happened to somebody, I'd be like, what the what are you doing? <laughs> like right. <laughs> Right. You know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So. Being being this far removed, like it's I like I said, maybe maybe entertaining is not the right word, but it, but it's it definitely catches your interest. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you you cannot write that about somebody like the the day after they died, like yeah, and that, that not are, cool and not compassionate to the family whatsoever. No, you know, you know, and I mean, and they do they write nice things about the family and stuff, but but after that, they first they get all the other stuff out of the way. And like, oh yeah, by the way, the family is grieving. Uh, like, yeah, no doubt. No doubt the family's grieving. Like, it's awful. Yeah, I, I guess I don't really have any questions about this one. It definitely was an eye opener, man. Yeah. So like I said, when I when I get this posted online, uh, I have a few more articles that I was able to get but didn't didn't get to type up. So I wanted to kind of tell a little bit more about the guy's life um and who he was. And what I don't know at this point, but I think would be interesting, is kind of see what happened to the soap factory. Yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, because you would think, like, after an event like that, that would be kind of detrimental to their business. That's what I'm wondering. (laughs) Did did they just shut it down, Down or or did did another family member take it over? I don't know. So it'd be kind of nice just to add that on as a... Obviously, it's not there today, but, but I'd be curious to see 
if that if this was the end or if it carried on for a while. And when you so you were talking about how the life insurance and how the will had been ch- changed that day. Yeah. Was that taken directly from the article too? Yeah, I mean, I maybe changed a couple words here and there, but yeah, that was all in the newspaper. Because just as you read that, it almost sounded like they were trying to convince everybody that this person hadn't committed suicide, which I just thought was also very weird for a news article. To oh, the way it was worded, it just sounded like you know they were trying to convince everybody, hey, this wasn't a suicide, which I just thought was unusual. Yeah, I suppose it could be taken that way. Yeah, so. I mean. The whole thing is, who knows? Yeah. Maybe the assistant pushed him in. That, I and mean, then made up a story afterwards. Yeah. I mean, it was like, oh, I when I showed up with his dinner, I found him <laughs> like that. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, it is kind of weird, too, that yeah. this guy came back. Yeah. You know, that is unusual. Yeah. No, I don't think that's what happened, but I mean, who knows? There are no witnesses. Yeah, there's <laughs> absolutely no evidence to suggest that. But it yeah. is kind of weird. Yeah. So, interesting. So, yeah. All right. Well, I think that was a good good end of the year, don't you? Yeah, I thought. I mean, so. See, like I said, that's a be- that's a better ending as as a story that it's not just a guy gets shot or a guy whatever. Like, let's let's go out on something a little unusual. <laughs> and and I guess maybe everybody else knows this, but I don't know this. Okay. When you post these, are you posting that on? GavinSchmidt.com or MilwaukeeMafia.com? Well, that's a great question. So, <laughs> for a little while there, I was posting them on MilwaukeeMafia.com. Um, they're supposed to be posted on GavinSchmidt.com. And there were reasons that for a while there I couldn't put them on <laughs> GavinSchmidt.com. Can you put them on GavinSchmidt.com? Now I can. <laughs> okay. But for a while there, <laughs> I didn't have a password to access my own website. So um, they were supposed to go on there, and Milwaukee Mafia was supposed to be just strictly mafia stuff to keep them kind of separate so go, from here on out they should be on gavinschmidt.com so thank you for asking and, that. and you are moving the previous ones over to the gavinschmidt.com i should i view. should be doing that yeah yes we'll see he is doing that i'll make sure he does okay that, so i don't know i don't know if people out there know this this is like like i'm not i'm not private about this i'll let people know because i'm almost kind of proud of it I haven't had internet in like four years. <laughs> <laughs> so the man has a podcast and yeah. he hasn't had internet yeah. in four years. Yeah, I have no internet in my house. So uh, so I I have to either uh go to the library or go to a coffee shop when I wanna do like website stuff. But uh But we'll it, make sure he's on Yeah. So. And not entirely like like I I want internet in my house. Um, I signed up for TDS, and TDS, not a sponsor, uh, I've been waiting on them over a year to show up and give me internet. So uh, so I want So he's it. trying. He's yeah. trying. It's just, yeah, it's they're a... like, oh, we're going to be in your area soon. I'm like, yeah, you've been saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I never signed up for TDS. So. Yeah. So in theory, I'll have internet someday, but they've been dragging their feet getting to my part of town. All right. Well, that'll wrap up 2022. Um, As we have mentioned a couple times, uh, the new episodes will be a little more sporadic moving forward. But our goal is uh, to try and dump one at least once every two months. Yeah. So so and hopefully maybe we'll even get it to a point where it's more often than that. But 
we'll we'll just have to kind of yeah see. we've we've got a few more time depending we're not out of stories in fact i just i just expand as you could tell from today's episode i just expanded to oshkosh so oh there's a whole <laughs> new batch a whole new batch you know i haven't i haven't really touched on oshkosh, oshkosh. or green bay so oh there's stuff yeah <laughs> so what we, there's no shortage of content there's just a shortage of gavin's time to yeah. put it together yeah so so that's, but that's that's unfortunate it's you know these episodes go quick they're fun to do but it takes a little more time to throw notes together than you might think so yeah so all right well we thank everybody for tuning in we will be back at some point with a new episode i will be i will make it a point to try and post back some of our past episodes in the feed so you guys have something to listen to if you want want to listen to them because i mean some of the old stories man are well worth another listen yeah i, I think so i i my first one is going to be the guy eating the bed springs <laughs> just so you guys know that's my personal favorite episode so yeah. if you didn't never heard about the guy eating bread springs Hang tight because it's coming and you can hear it again. Yeah, so that's that's Porter Ross. And yes. that is that is actually one of my all time favorites as well. Yeah. So. so, all right, thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll be back and yeah, I think that's it. All right, <laughs> so long for now, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Fox City's Murder and Mayhem. Join us in two weeks for another exciting episode of Murder and Mayhem. 